welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Hey, it's great to have the other campuses with us and uh, watching on video. And at this service, we want to welcome all of you. So everybody here, let's welcome all those that are watching on video. Yes. And uh, I just want to say this. We put these out on the internet, and we also put them out on TV. And uh, I just believe God is going to use this message in a great way. And so I'm speaking to those that are watching on the internet or on TV Uh, Really, you need to pay attention. You didn't watch this by chance, by accident. I believe God has a plan for you to be watching this service, and I believe God will speak to you if you open up your heart. Now, for all of us here and watching at the campuses, we are concluding a a series called Works Don't Work, okay? We've been looking at a a great passage of Scripture, Ephesians 2.8.9. Let me go ahead and read it for you here, Ephesians 2.8.9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith... And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So we've been looking at this passage of scripture that God so clearly laid on my heart that we should understand three main words, grace, saved, and faith. And so we've looked at grace and saved, so I'll give a little review for those that have missed it or those that are just getting caught up. Uh, Grace is this, it's unmerited favor. It's when God gives us something that we don't deserve. And we know that we don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve it. And yet God gives it to us. And it's an amazing thing. And in this series, we talked about that uh, he gives us this grace. And when we sin, we don't just sin against the law, but we actually sin against his heart and we break his heart. We break his heart. And when we break his heart and we sin against his very nature of love, the only thing that can initiate forgiveness for us is grace. He has to give us grace. There's nothing we could do otherwise. And so it's by grace that we're saved. And I just want to say this. If you missed uh, the part two of this series and you missed that message, you need to get caught up. You need to hear that one. Uh, We looked at the word saved. What does it mean? We are saved from what? We're saved from peril. We're saved from hell. We were headed there without the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And we talked about that we use a term that we're saved, that there's a moment that you turn from your sin and you turn towards the forgiving power of Jesus Christ and you repented. That's what the Bible says, you repented. You turn from that towards God and you said, I'm sorry for my sins. And you had a moment where you became a follower of Jesus Christ where you said, I personally received this and I now follow you. And the Bible says you're saved. Now, in order to help us to understand the word saved, we looked at other words, born again, redeemed, Christian, uh, at peace with God, forgiven. And uh, I just had a fun time. I almost felt like a a southern preacher. How many know what I'm talking about? I almost felt like I'd take my Bible and do like that. But anyways, it was was a fun way to do that and want to just say it was great. You need to see it if you didn't see it. So today we're looking... Looking at the last word, faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Now I'm talking to you about saving faith today. I'm not talking about like some of you hear faith and so what do you think right away when you hear faith? You think, you know, uh, step out in faith or you got to have faith to believe for big things or you hear somebody on TV saying, you got to have faith. Ah, 
How many know what I'm talking about, right? So we're not talking about faith. We're talking about just saving faith, all right? Relax, everybody relax, all right? So we're talking about saving faith, about having a belief or a trust, having a belief or trust in a truth or, or value or person. But for us, it's having a belief and trust in what Jesus says about this forgiveness. It's, it's giving us a belief or trust in all the things that are promised to us from Jesus. And we're able to say yes to him, and we have just enough to really just hold out our hand and say, I'm in. I'm in. Saving faith, where we say, I'm trusting in you, Jesus. I recognize uh, that you've given me promises, but that you're a living God. You are alive today. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. And you offer this for me. And I trust. And I'm going to have a personal relationship with God. And so I'm going to step out and believe in this. And I'm going to believe that you're going to save me from the peril. That you're going to save me from hell. You're going to do this. And all I'm going to do is have enough trust and belief to say yes. I'm willing to say yes. And so it, it, this faith, it involves, which we've talked about, repentance. It says, I was going this way, and I've, I've heard something, and I want to turn from my sin and go towards you, God. I want to apologize. I want to say I'm sorry for this, and I want to follow you, and I want to accept this. Now, um, this saving faith, this saving faith says, um, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he can be trusted I'm going to place my confidence in him. Um, I believe that I'm going to entrust my life to him. And I believe that uh, he's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm I'm believing in this. And I've looked at it, and I'm stretching out and saying, I'm in. I receive this. Now, how many know you don't brag about a gift that you receive? Because the Bible says it's not by works lest any man should boast. It's a gift that we receive, and so we don't walk around bragging about it. We just receive by faith by saying, God, I'm in. I receive this, and I want this. A lot of people may be thinking, I don't think I have that. I don't think I have that. I don't think I've done that. I, I don't think I have that. I don't, I don't think that I've done, I've never said I trust you, Lord. I've, I've investigated. I've looked at it. And I've, I, I, I've, I've talked about it. But, uh, Lord, I don't know if I've done that. And I'm just going to let you know, at this campus, at all of our campuses, we're going to give an opportunity for people to respond. For people to respond and say, I want to believe that the grace that God has for me that will bring salvation, I can get through faith. Okay, now let me explain this for you, and I want to illustrate this. I'm trying to illustrate this, and I'm trying to help us all understand a word that we throw around a lot, faith. Okay, a word that we throw around a lot with faith and with By grace, are you saved through faith? So let me just explain this. Imagine grace is a big reservoir, and there's all sorts of grace there, and it's all held up, and it's ready to be poured out. And salvation, this word saved, is the stream that will cleanse away all your sins and take away your guilt, make you forgiven, give all this to you, but you've got to get it from the reservoir to your life. How do you get it there? How do you get it there? Faith is the channel that gets all that grace that is there. It just gets it to your life that gives you the end result, salvation, all because of faith, because you're saying, I'll, I'll just receive what you have for me. Does that make sense? I'm receiving this. You've got grace. You've got all sorts of grace. All I have to do is go ahead and receive it from you. And as I receive it from you, you're going to give it to me. And then all this other stuff that comes to me is available. 
All right, let me illustrate it for you a little bit further. I had an opportunity to go to Kenya. So I say, if you ever get an opportunity to go on a missions trip with us uh, to work amongst the uh, children in Africa, we have several different ministries that we support. I went to Kenya and uh, went there back where the Maasai tribe is and uh, was there and I was part of a feeding program day. And they said, hey, we want all you pastors that are with us, we want you to go ahead and feed the children today. So we've got this all set up for you to go ahead and feed the children. And so they bring us to what is like a swimming pool, basically like a kiddie pool, that they had mixed all this porridge in, okay? And it's like a big swimming pool of what looked like oatmeal, malt oatmeal, something like that, okay? And then they had all these cups laying on the ground by the, this little swimming pool of porridge, and they put us on stools, and they said, we want you to fill their cups today. Okay, now, I hadn't done something like that before, you know, and so here I am, all these little kids that have walked for hours to come to school and to church that day, come walking up to the edge of this little swimming pool filled with porridge, and I'm sitting on a stool, and all they did is grab their little cup and hold it out to me, and you know what I did? I scooped into that swimming pool of porridge, and I poured it into their cup, and when they we're, we're getting that. I was just scooping it up and pouring it in and scooping it up and pouring it in. And all they did is take the cup that I had provided for them that was there that somebody else had purchased and that they just took that cup and held it out and said, I receive it. And how many know that I was crying like a baby? How many know that? I mean, every scoop, I'm just like, yeah. Everybody should have two cups. Get them two cups. They're like, no, only one cup. I mean, and every kid, you know, that I, I mean, I was trying to be really fair and like, you know, make sure that, and if the kid got a little less, I was like, no, no, there's more for you. You can have more. I mean, I just wanted to give and give and give. And at that moment, I got kind of a picture of God. I got kind of a picture of God. Like God has this reservoir of grace and he has this for us and he has something available for us and we didn't do anything for it. And even this act of faith that we step out, it's like he provides the cup for us and he gives us the ability to think and he gives us the ability to process and he gives the ability to think about him and to, to hear this message. And then we just say here and then he pours it in. And I think the whole time he's given us grace, he's crying and he's loving it. And he's like, there's more where that came from. There's more where that came from. And all those kids did is put out their cup. All they did is put out their cup. Now, it'd be crazy for those kids to be running around going, look at this, what I did. They would be crazy to do that. Instead, they were very humble. And they're so gracious because they realized, I didn't do anything for that. All I did is take the cup and hold it out, and somebody filled my cup. So we don't get prideful that our part is faith. We have a little bit of part, small part, that God gives us the ability to even have the ability to think in the terms of faith, in the ability to even respond to the grace that he's given, but he's provided this giant uh, pool of grace, if you will, and he says, I want to give you this so you'll be saved, so you'll be forgiven, and all you have to do is hold out the cup. All you got to do is say, I'm in, I'm in, I want what you have. Now, there's a process that goes on in this. There's a process that people receive faith, all right? There's a process where people get this faith and where the faith makes sense, where they want to respond to God. There's a process that goes on. And I believe this, that faith starts with uh, a receptivity to the things of God, Okay, that people just start realizing that there's something in their life that's missing and they're a little receptive to it. And so they're like, I'm wondering what's available for me. And so there's a little bit of receptivity where people want to be a part of what 
the church is doing or they're looking for something, they're looking for an answer. How many know what I'm talking about? And that's why I'm thrilled when people come to church and they're like, hey, I'm new here. I don't have a clue what's going on. But I just kind of wanted to investigate things and I wanted to, to at least be here and somebody invited me and, you know, I love it when people are standing in the lobby and I can tell when they've got that, that look on their face and they're standing in the lobby and they're kind of doing this and I know they don't have to go to the bathroom. I know they're looking, they're just looking like, I'm waiting for my friend. I'm waiting for my friend. Somebody showed a little receptivity and somebody just had a, a glimmer of that grace could be applied to their life and, they're, and I'm hoping they're coming today and I'll walk by you waiting for somebody. Yeah, I'm waiting. I invited a neighbor. I'm hoping they're coming. I'm hoping they get it. They, and you're almost excited that they had just a little bit of receptivity. How many know what I'm talking about? And you can see that from there you can get a little bit of hope like, you know what? They might respond in faith to God. It's great. There's a little receptivity and I believe that faith starts with that. You're just open and you open up your heart just a little bit to at least say, I'm interested. I'm interested. And if you're here today or one of our campuses are watching, if you're just interested, I'm thrilled with that. I'm thrilled that you were receptive enough to watch, to listen, to join somebody, to be here because I believe that's where faith is going to start, where saving faith can start in your life, where you can be receptive to it. And I want to share this. Did you know that of, of the people that don't go to church in America, half of them would go to church if somebody invited them? Half of them would go to church if somebody would invite them. About 160 million people don't go to church. That means 80 million people would go to church if someone would invite them. But only 2% of the church even invites people to come to church. That might be convicting for you. I don't know if you've even invited anyone to church this year. I don't know if you've ever even had that nervous feeling in the lobby. Well, will they show up? Will they show up? I don't know if you've ever joined me in praying against a snowstorm because you want your friend to come there and find salvation. And you're like, no, no, no snow, no snow, no snow. Come on. I got to get my friend to church. I Finally, they were receptive. I want faith to start to grow in them so they can respond to the grace that God has and get salvation. So when somebody has a little bit of receptivity and they open up, that's where I believe faith starts in people's lives. And then all of a sudden I think, here's what happens. It moves from I'm receptive, I'm curious, whatever, that it goes to mental assent, where people start thinking like, okay, that, you got a good point there. Have you ever thought that in church? Like, huh, he kind of tore that one down and I was ready to reject that, but that kind of makes sense. And I want to say this, your faith in God, your belief, your trust in God, this church doesn't believe that you should just come in and go, I want nothing in my mind, I'm willing to raise my hand. Okay, that's not what we want. We want people to investigate the faith. We want you to look at it. We want you to logically digest it. We even have classes for this. It's called Alpha where you can go and explore the faith and you can start to understand what it is about Christianity and you can say, in my receptivity, I'm going to start thinking about this. I want to start processing this. And as you start thinking about it, all of a sudden you start realizing, wait a minute, there's something to this. There's something to this. And we don't want you to just have blind faith, if you will. I believe you have faith in the promises of Jesus Christ. And the way that you hear the promises of Jesus Christ is by hearing the word of God. 
And when you hear the word of God, all of a sudden it starts to, you start to realize, wait a minute, I can trust this. I can have faith in this. I can trust this book. I can trust the Bible. It is God's word. I can trust the promises of Jesus. They're real. I can trust in Jesus. He's credible. I can trust. And all of a sudden your faith starts to rise up. That's why the Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so that's why we're so strong about invite people in, invite people in, get them to hear the message. Let's get the message out to them. Because if they're receptive and then they hear it and they start to get it here, all of a sudden it'll start making sense. It'll start making sense. And I invite you to look at the case for Christ or evidence that demands a verdict. I don't think Christians have to say, uh, just trust it, just trust it. Don't look too hard because if you look too hard, you'll shoot it all full of holes. No, if you look real hard, you'll shoot your life full of holes. And so you start thinking, and you start thinking, and all of a sudden faith starts going from here, and you start realizing, I could respond to this. I could respond to this. I could respond to this. I, I, I've started to realize there is a God. There is a God, and, and Jesus Christ did live, and Jesus Christ died on the cross, and Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and I'm looking at the evidence, and, and he offers me forgiveness. And so this faith starts rising up where you're ready to say, you know what, I ready, I'm ready to surrender. And there's that faith that just says, I'm ready to surrender. And one of the things we ask at this church is that people would raise their hand. We say, are you ready to give your life to Jesus Christ? Are you ready to surrender? I love it when people are receptive and they're just checking it out. I love it when they're getting their things and they're going and they're trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden they've been coming for a while. But I love where all of a sudden they realize, you know what? This is true. This is true. I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I need to do this. And then there's that moment where it just goes from right here to where you got to do something. How many know what I'm talking about? It goes from, it's right up here, like, I need to do this. Jesus is true. I need to do this. I need this. How many know you need to do something? You need to do something. And all you need to do is say, I receive it. I receive it. And we do this. We call it a, a, a prayer of salvation, a sinner's prayer, a prayer of faith where people are like, okay, I, I, I'm open to this. I've, I've investigated it. I'm here. I'm ready. And, and there's grace. There's salvation. And all I'm going to do is receive it. And I'm going to step out and I'm going to trust in you, Jesus. I'm trusting in you. I'm, I'm trusting in you. Can you imagine it? It's almost like if you ever had a little kid where like, are you going to catch me? And you're like, I'm going to catch you. Will you catch me? Or are you going to catch you? I'm jumping now. Come on, jump. I got you. Will you are you sure you can? How many can just feel that, you know? And you're like, jump, jump, jump. And how many are just thankful that God doesn't do like most parents? Like, jump or I'm moving. You know, how many? He's patient, but he's calling. And he's saying, jump, jump, jump. And when you're ready, when you're ready to jump, when you trust, when you realize he, he's, he's true and that there's grace available for you and you didn't have to work for it and you just say, I trust you. I trust you. Man, that's faith. That's your part. Would you say, I trust you and I receive it. And I love this. I believe God fills empty hands. And I believe when we're just saying, there's nothing I've got. I can't buy my way in, but I just receive it and I raise it. I'm in and we do that. I love that God says, you will receive it now. You will receive it. And I love that that's what God does for us. One more illustration on this. Just, just imagine with me, and I know we live in a culture where there's medicine everywhere, but just imagine if, if you never heard of medicine before, you never heard of a pharmaceutical company, you never had medicine before, and you have a terrible illness, and somebody comes along and says, hey, this guy has got a prescription drug for you that will cure you of your problem. What would you say, really? What do you mean? 
He's got a, a, a prescription drug that will cure you of your problem. You are sick. You're so sick. But they've, in, they've found something that will cure you of your sickness. How many would be intrigued by that? And, and I, you'd be a little receptive, right? You'd be a little receptive to it. You'd say, really? Well, tell, what would you say? Tell me about it. Who invented this? Well, it was a guy down at Quick Trip. How many know you're running? You know what I mean? <laughs> but if they say, no, it was a guy from Harvard and this and this. He invented it and they studied it. And it's amazing. And the greatest minds in the world came up with it. And you're like, okay, I'm interested. And they said, and we've tested it. We've tried it on other people and it works. It works great. It's amazing. Now, it does have some side effects. You're going to want to give away your money and you want to help the poor and you're going to want to do something and you're going to want to sing. And you're gonna, but anyways, okay, so they said, you're going to have some side effects, right? Some side effects. But you're like, okay, but, but it gets rid of what I've got. How many know now you're investigating it? And after a certain point that you're convinced that what they're saying is true and that the people are credible, all of a sudden you need to step out in faith and just say, Give me that medicine. Give me that, I, I, I'm, give me that medicine. And you take the medicine, and how many know? It's a step of faith. You take that pill, you take that shot, whatever it is, and all of a sudden, it has that effect on you that it heals you of your sickness. Are you tracking with me? Jesus Christ is saying right now, I have what you need to cure you of your sin problem. I can offer forgiveness. And you say, wait, wait, what, what, what do you got? And if you've investigated it and you've said, okay, I see who Jesus is. I see the claims of the Bible. I see that it's true. I've investigated this. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. And that's how simple it is. And then you start on that faith journey with God and that cleansing stream of God just starts cleansing you and helping you to be more in his image. But you're saying, I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready. And so at this church and at all the campuses here, we are going to give an opportunity for people to do that right now. I'm asking that you'd look inside your heart and ask yourself, have you done that? Have you responded? Have you trusted? Have you said, I'm receptive? I trust you. I step out in faith, God, and I want what you have for me in salvation. This is your opportunity. So now I'm wondering, I'm just wondering where you're at. Are you ready? Do you, have, you, have you investigated? Have you looked? Have you studied? Have you said I'm in? And if this is you, this is your moment. This is what this whole series has been about. For by grace are you saved through faith. You have a very, 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 very small part. You hold out the cup. You hold out your empty life. And you say, Jesus, fill it. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I receive what you have. You have the spiritual medicine I need, and I want it. So I'm going to ask that you'd bow your heads and close your eyes right now, and that you'd look inside your heart, and you'd say, where are you at? Where are you at? Have you, have you received it? Have you received it? Have you, have you said, God, I'm receptive, I'm receptive, I'm receptive. I've been coming for a while. I'm receptive, I'm receptive. But you just haven't settled it. You haven't gone through the investigation. I encourage you to get to the investigation. But if you're in the inve investigation and you're saying, I believe it, I'm convinced, I'm there, I'm there. And some people need hours and hours and hours of investigating. Others need just moments. And they're like, I got it. I got it. I've settled it. But if you're there in that moment of decision and you're saying, I've investigated, I was open, I've investigated, and now I'm ready to take it from my mind and what I'm feeling to a moment to say, God, forgive me, this is your moment. 
I'm asking you in just a moment to raise your hand and lift up your cup before the Lord and saying, God, I'm in, I'm in. I offer you nothing but an empty hand right now, an empty life that needs to be filled by you. And if that's you, if that's you, you're ready to say, Pastor Rob, include me in the closing prayer. I want to be in. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise a hand and look up at me and I will acknowledge that. Then you can put your hand out and we will have a closing prayer. But God is saying, it's real. I'm ready to forgive you. Are you ready to receive it? And if that's you all across this place, right now, would you go ahead and raise your hand and look up at me, and I will come into agreement. Yes, I see your hand. I come into agreement. Yes, I see your hand. Yes, and in the front, I see your hand. Are there others? Yes, I see your hand, and I come into agreement. Yes, in the back. Yes, I come into agreement. Are there others? You'd say, I'm in. This is my moment. I receive this. I've been thinking about it. I've been receptive towards it. This is my moment. I'm ready to be in. I'm ready to make this real. You'd want to join those that have already raised their hand. you say, I'm in. This is my moment. I'm ready. I'm ready. Thank you, Lord. Are there any others just waiting just a moment, so excited for what God's doing, but just waiting in case there's somebody that's struggling? Maybe you just gave yourself the excuse. I need to think about it longer. I need to think about it longer. I need to think about it longer. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Today is the day of salvation. And if you are using that as an excuse to stiff arm God, it's the wrong thing. Do not use knowledge about God as an excuse to stiff arm him. And if that's you, you're like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. This is my moment. Last opportunity. If that's you, you're like, I'm in. Hand go up. Look at me. I'd like to come into agreement with you and acknowledge that. That this is your moment. This is your time. You are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ. This is what it's all about. Is there anyone else who would like to join the others that have raised their hand and have said, I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready to receive and hand my hand up and say, God, I'm empty. Fill me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All those that raise their hand, you can put your hands down. And I want to lead you in a prayer. And I want to ask that those next to you would pray this with you. They'd pray it with you. You are going from what's in your mind now, and you're taking a step of faith. You're basically saying, this is it, God. I'm moving towards you, and I want to receive this. I'm moving towards what you've already said you'd give me, and I'm ready to step out in faith. So if that's you, I want you to pray out loud with me, and those around you will pray it with you as a form of encouragement. Let's pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins and all that I've done wrong. And I ask for forgiveness. I'm open to you. And I want you to be my Savior. And I want you to be my Lord. And I want to live for you. I'm ready to yield my life to you. And that's what I'm doing. I'm one of your followers. And I ask for that forgiveness and receive that forgiveness in Jesus' name. And so, God, I thank you for those that have prayed that. They've just stepped out in a simple way. They've received what you gave them. And, Lord, I just thank you for that. And I pray right now that they'd receive that grace, that forgiveness, and and they would just love this new life that they have in you, this salvation that they have that has been given to them. And I thank you for that and rejoice in this salvation. 
I thank you for that. I pray that it be sealed in their life. They continue to learn more about you, grow in this walk with you. And God, they would in turn just flourish. They would just know that you love them so much. And I thank you for the forgiveness that they have just received. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give a hand clap to those people that did that?